Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Janice. And this is The X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. We are breakup coaches here to help you beat your breakup, heal your broken heart, and move on to an amazing, abundant life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the episode. We are so excited to be bringing this to you today. Um, We have a really cool guest, but before we get into that, just want to remind you all that we do offer one-on-one coaching. We do have kind of limited availability, so Mm -hmm. make sure you reach out to us if that's something you think you might be interested in. Um, We're happy to talk about what it involves but it's been so, so cool to help um, our like recent clients from the podcast yes. um, who have come to work with us, um, help them through their breakups. I have a couple clients who are starting to look at dating again. And so that's really cool to just see them hopeful and optimistic about the future and meeting new people. And it's just very, very fulfilling for me. And it also really helps to see that it's helping. Yes. And working. I had two sessions over the past three days or so. And after each, I was so blown away at the progress that the clients had made. It was yeah, very, yeah. yes, fulfilling for sure. And just uh, a testament to our work. So. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> if you listen up. to the podcast, you know that this is this is really good information. And so coaching is just, you know, we're able to tailor it more to the individual. Um, so yeah, so just wanted to make sure that you guys knew, give a little reminder that we are available for that. With that, let's get into the episode and introduce our guest. Yes, we are really excited about today's episode because we know that we have a lot of people in our audience who co-parent with their exes and the challenges that that involves. So we have been hoping to focus on that and bring some parenting-related content to you for a while, but given that Claire and I are not parents, we thought we needed to bring in an expert to at least initially address it. So Mm -hmm. we found an amazing woman online who we're featuring today. I'm so excited about her and her business. And that is Katie Davey, pronouns she, her of the company, co-parenting peacefully. Katie is a divorced mom of two young children and has been co-parenting with her ex-husband for over four years. She's a co-parenting coach who specializes in high conflict co-parenting relationships. Mm -hmm. Really important these days. Yeah. She believes in teaching others how to set and enforce boundaries, how to use different techniques to communicate effectively, and how to make positive change that will help you co-parent peacefully. I love her approach, and I thought she gave such excellent information on this episode, partially just because it's so simple, really. She breaks down what is an extremely complicated dynamic situation with a lot of moving parts and a lot of people, and really makes it feel like you could take this on if you're in a high-conflict co-parenting situation. Yeah, she, like she's so real about her advice too. She's not like, oh, here's the ideal situation of exactly Mm. how this would work out. She's like, okay, here's reality. Yeah. And here's the fact that you 
can only control you. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So I, I really enjoyed that. I really loved that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm so glad we were able to have her on the show. Cause you know, we can't exactly be like handing out parenting advice with literally yeah. no experience. Mm-hmm parenting um so yeah she was amazing I think you guys are going to love her and love the advice and I think even if you don't have um kids right now or anything I think this can be really a good episode just to listen to as well she talks about how you know some issues can be from not being ready to move on from your ex, um, whether it's your co-parent or whether it's, you know, someone who just broke up after a relationship. So, or if you're in any type of communication with your ex, because you quote unquote need to be for various reasons, it's a great episode as well. She really has great tips on boundaries, communication, and looking out for yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So with that, let's hop on into the episode. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. And hello, Katie. Welcome to the show. And thank you for coming on. We've been looking forward to this for such a long time. We first started talking with you ages ago, and now it's finally lining up. I'm partially excited about this because we have not covered any parenting topics on X-Files yet. Mm-hmm. So no pressure, but yeah, no, no pressure at all, guys. <laughs> um, Claire and I um, are both childless. And while I think I especially have lots of opinions on parenting and breakups, we have never felt comfortable addressing it on the show because it just doesn't really feel quite appropriate for people with no experience in this particular area of life to, you know, tell people what we think. Being sharing opinions willy nilly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I have coached people with children who have had excellent results, but I still just don't feel comfortable going on a public platform and giving, Mm -hmm. giving guidance in this area. So when I came across your Instagram, I was like, this is our gal. (laughs) <laughs> now you're here oh, I'm excited about that I'm excited to be here we are too and we're really excited about what you're doing with your business um, and what you're offering the world so let's just dive into it I would imagine that something like starting a coaching practice to help people co-parent peacefully I would imagine that there's got to be some type of backstory there, right? Absolutely. You know, <laughs> <So> there is. <laughs> we'd love to hear about, you know, your either personal experience or your journey or really how you came to yeah. provide this niche. So I got divorced in 2017 and my kids were, ju- had just turned one and they were, and my other one was three. So they were really young. And things were really tense with my ex-husband. We went to a co-parenting class that they do through the court system, but I, I felt like there wasn't any information there. Really. They basically told you like, here's how a parenting plan or custody agreement or whatever, however you reference it, um, in your state that that's how, how you got to follow that. And you've got to not, not be mean to each other and all of these other things, but they're, they don't tell you how to do that. Yes. Just tell you what to do. Mm -hmm. So a few years ago, I got to thinking, what does the world need as far as co-parenting? What would I have needed when I got divorced? And 
the answer was just someone to help me figure out, yeah, we can tell you to take the emotion out of it, but how do I do that? So that I really needed a platform like that. And that was where Instagram started for me. And originally it was just supposed to be kind of a little fun thing to do, um, to help other people, but then it just spiraled. So then I decided maybe I should help people with coaching. And, um, I think personal growth really helped me about a year ago when I was still really struggling with my ex-husband things were still hard and it had been three years and Mm -hmm. a lot of growth and a lot of maturity and a lot of, um, behavior change on my part were the things that really helped. Wow. Yeah. That's a big thing to say about yourself. Thanks. And, uh, yeah. I'm looking <laughs> yeah. for hearing some of the tips. Um, I'm just curious, this co-parenting class, is this something that you do just with your ex or are there other people there? So the one, um, okay. So we did two, the first one we did through the court and that was just, everyone has to take it. And even in 2017, it was just an online class that you took and it, it kind of, I mean, you could skip right through it. You didn't actually have to read it. So yeah. it wasn't timed. There were no questions to answer. Mm. So like who really is actually even going to read it? Mm-hmm. Um, that one was just required when you filed for divorce with children. But then the other one, my lawyer wanted us to take And he actually asked the judge if we could enroll in it because it was kind of pricey. And that was geared towards high conflict individuals who are um, Mm co-parenting high conflict situations, but it was the same thing. It was um, dealing with grief and teaching you not to talk badly about the other person and all of the things that you know not to do, but are so hard. Yeah. Not to do it. So I mean, they really, really were not helpful. Well, and also yeah. it sounds like a really intense thing to go through with the person you're breaking up with. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I'm sorry, <laughs> asking how many people. So in, so the first one was online and the second one, I think there were four couples. So there were eight of us, but then, I mean, I wish I could go back now and sit in that room because I'm sure some of the things that some of those people said, I remember thinking, wow, this is this is what we're going to do to each other when we have kids and we have all of this craziness going on. This is what we're going to argue about, like pajamas at bedtime. And Mm -hmm. you know, all of this stuff that doesn't, it's not even relevant. So that was kind of my first taste. I think that high conflict co-parenting class of how some people really do struggle to Mm co-parent. Yeah. Cause at that point, taking the class, you didn't know what was like ahead of you. You just knew kind of what you were coming from. Yeah. But yeah, you're like, oh, this is okay. This is what we'll be dealing with. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And of course I sat there and I was like, it'll never be like that for my, my ex and I will be great. And then we were so not great for a long time. Yeah. Um, So it was kind of a little glimpse into what life would be like for the next Mm -hmm. few years for me. And now you're going to be going back and teaching these courses (laughs) now that you you know what I really would love to overhaul the whole system. Wow, you should. I wonder how you'd get into something like that. I don't know. I've really been thinking about it um, because it's just such a poor system. It's such a bad, (laughs) 
And mm-hmm. we paid a lot of money. We had to pay extra money to take that high conflict parenting class. So yeah. um, it was like, you know, almost $2,000 and oh. I still didn't learn anything. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, just, that's so disappointing. I'm yeah. so sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Water and water. So one of the things we talk about a lot as breakup coaches, um, focusing on the healing between the two people who are broken up is Mm -hmm. no contact, but how do you do that? How do you do that when you have to co-parent these little humans? (laughs) It's so difficult. I know. I mean, I think people love the idea of no contact, but especially if your kids are really little, that is it's almost impossible to do. Okay. You're going to have to talk about if someone is sick, if the schedule changes, if, you know, Sally forgot her blanket or whatever. So I think, I think the idea of lessening contact as much as you can is Mm -hmm. a great one, but, but you're almost always going to have to communicate in some way. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I've thought about when trying to, you know, answer that question as best I could when it's come up is thinking about like putting your relationship almost in a professional context. Does that like resonate at all with, with advice people? It does. But I think that people are really turned off by the idea that you would be raising your kids in a business type relationship. Yeah, that's true. So Yeah. So I try to just phrase it more as we have to reduce the amount of contact that we have so that we can heal separately. And because now that we're no longer in a relationship, we're not healing together, especially when we're co-parenting, we're, we're separated, we're divorced, we're mad at each other. So we have to, to heal on a different level. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I like the idea of the business relationship, but I have noticed that several people that I've spoken to have been a little bit turned off by it. And I get it because your kids are so important to you and you don't want to hear someone tell you that you should treat them like a business commodity or whatever. So, um, yeah, yeah. But I do think that just reducing the contact is the most important thing you can do and having boundaries. I'm sure you all know that's important to me. (laughs) All right. So I think a lot of people do want to know the practicalities about it. So if you were to give a a small handful of tips on as to how to limit contact, you know, where do you begin? How do you do it? So limiting strong. I mean, what does it really look like? Yeah. What's doable? What's healthy? (laughs) Um, So limiting contact, I think is important as far as communication. So if you guys know that you're really hating each other right now, written communication, email, um, text. I sometimes I don't like text either because it can get wordy. It can, some of them are really long and it's easy to misinterpret. Um, we're going to talk about the email thing. I'm looking forward to that. Oh yeah. Good. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a fun one. So I think that, and also people forget that when you're exchanging your kids, if you guys are going to each other's homes or you're meeting out in public, that's really a source of contention too sometimes because you're in each other's physical space and maybe you haven't been there recently and it's, you know, you guys haven't seen each other in a, in a week. And so here you are again and you still don't like each other. Um, so I try to recommend that you do like exchanges at school or at daycare, or if there's some way that you can kind of avoid getting into each other's physical space. I think that's really important. 
Yeah. Like yeah. a buffer, have a buffer. Yes. And then, um, I, yeah, because I find that when people are in each other's physical space, then the emotions seem like they're so much more heightened because you're actually physically seeing them. You can hear their voice. Mm-hmm. So if you can just dial it back and try to do email, text, phone calls are okay. Um, what we used to do because my kids were so little when we split was we would have a weekly phone call. Mm-hmm. So anything that wasn't, didn't need to be addressed right now, we would write down. And then later, like, let's say every Tuesday at eight o'clock, we would call each other and we would have like a 15 or 20 minute conversation. And we would each have a chance to address all of those things on our list. So that also helped us avoid those like text messages every day. And those little emails that you send that really drive you crazy. Cause you get them while you're at work and you're like, right. oh, again, Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm divorced and my ex was the king of the middle of the day, annoying emails. So yeah, I don't really know what you mean. Um, I love all of this so much. I I love this, um, phone call thing. Did you come up with that? So that was actually a technique that I learned from our high conflict, excuse me, co-parenting class, which might be the only technique I learned that actually worked. Yay. (laughs) We got one though. (laughs) There's something, I guess. But that can can also be hard because if you have a co-parent who's not going to follow that and they're just going to continue to ride you all day, all night, Mm -hmm. that's where the boundaries come in. You know, that's where the not answering after 9 PM and not take, you know, waiting 24 hours to answer or whatever. That's where that comes in. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love this. So not answering after a certain time of night, waiting 24 hours. Are there any other particular guidelines as far as boundaries go that you've found have worked for you or other people? I think that boundaries are so personal. The, the thing that I always ask clients or people that I'm talking to is in your co-parenting relationship, when you think about it, where does it hurt? Where are you stressed? Where is there some sort of change that needs to be made? And that's probably where you need a boundary. So, mm-hmm. you know, your co-parents calling you after 9 PM and it really ticks you off and you don't know how to make it stop. Well, don't answer. And yeah. when you stop answering, eventually they learn that you're not going to answer after 9 PM mm-hmm. or, you know, it, so it's kind of like teaching them how to treat you as we all know. Um, but sometimes it takes longer, I think, in co-parenting relationships because whatever has worked or not, maybe not even worked, but whatever has been common for you guys, it's that much harder to overcome it and start new pattern. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're having to like rewrite habits, which is really hard instead of just starting from a blank slate of being like, this is how we deal with each other. So, and these things are so ingrained between a couple. And then once you're really angry at each other, wow. So yeah, yeah, I guess practice makes perfect. Um, I know like professionally, I have even some some of the same boundaries because I, you know, I don't want to take care of certain things on the weekends. And I definitely say once I decided that I just wasn't going to, um, yeah, it yeah. hasn't, hasn't really been a problem with people. So, <laughs> um, so sometimes I see resistance when it comes to limiting contact with a co-parent because, you know, people go immediately to the impact that it's going to have on the children. If yes. And what, you know, for whatever reason, the motivation is behind using this as the reason 
you know, I do see it a lot and I see it, you know, keeping people in very high, you know, conflict interactions. So can you talk about, you know, the beliefs around this and um, how it does impact the children? I am of the mind that if you are involved in a high conflict relationship, or even if you just can't get over your ex, less contact is better for everyone. How good is it for your kids to be involved in some crazy conflict? It's not. So if what you need is less contact for you to be happy and for your ex to be happy and for this to function in a more healthy way, then that's going to be great for your kids mm-hmm. in the long run. Um, yeah. And I also, I used to also do that and say, well, he really needs to know X, Y, and Z right now because, but it was my way of keeping him. It was my way of, you know, because even when I got divorced, I wasn't really ready to let him go yet. So using the kids to kind of, as my excuse to, to still be near him and contact him. I mean, that's. I'm not saying that's always the case because I know sometimes we're worried about our kids' safety or we're worried about something else. But I think in a lot of cases that ends up being the underlying reason that you feel like you need that contact. Yeah. Yeah. With or without kids. Like if there's someone listening who's who's like, oh, this is just interesting. I don't have kids right now. Mm -hmm. Like is being honest with yourself and being like, okay, what's the real reason that I feel like I need to be reaching out right now? Like, you know, is this really good for me or am I just trying like clinging to the past here? Yeah. And I think that one way that's really good for co-parents to avoid reaching out like that is to get your notepad out on your phone, wherever you are and write down what you're, what you're wanting to text and just set it aside for a little while and come back later and read it and say, this could be an email. Or this doesn't need to be addressed until I see my co-parent next. Or, Mm -hmm. you know what, this is kind of important. I'm going to call or I'm going to whatever you decide is right for you. But just writing it down gets it off your mind. And then knowing I'm going to come back to this in two hours and I'm going to make a choice can help too. Because that also avoids you pinging them all the time with all that stuff. Yeah, totally. I think that's a good tip for going no contact in general you know, write it down, write down what you think you need to say in this text and then come back and look at it and, um, you know, think it, think it through a little bit yeah. before acting on it. Definitely yeah, actually quite really past. Yeah. Where I'm like, I need to say this. And then I write it down <laughs> and I come back and I'm like, this is all of this is not needed. Yeah, right. No, yeah. I don't need to do this. <laughs> Especially when you're in the heat of the moment. Yeah, yeah that's brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this, like this next question kind of like ties into what we were just talking about with like the impact on the children and wanting to make sure that they're going to be okay, no matter what is, you know, like your point was that putting yourself first and listening to your needs is going to be the best thing for not just you, but also your, your ex and your children. And is there anything else you'd like to say about like how actually putting yourself first is going to make you a better parent? Yeah, I think there's a lot of talk about self-care. You see it everywhere and it's, it feels kind of overwhelming because it is everywhere, but it's so important. And sitting with your feelings when you're co-parenting and recognizing why you're doing some of the things that you're doing, like we just talked about, why am I reaching out? Why am I still Mm -hmm. holding on? Why am I 
doing all of these things is so important so that you have an idea of who you are, what you need, that, that will do so many wonderful things for your kids. And I will say I started therapy last year with a trauma-informed therapist and she, she's no longer my therapist. I'm so sad, but she quit. But anyway, (laughs) I know right now I have to find a new one, Uh, but she was life-changing for me. And for a long time, I had just kind of believed that putting the kids first was my only option. It's the best thing. It's, it's going to do the most for them, but I was really doing myself a disservice. And I, I literally could not climb out of the trenches. I could not, I, I couldn't hardly even function towards the last summer. Um, and getting into therapy has really made me a more complete, whole, capable mother. So, you know, knowing what you need is so important. Yeah. I mean, what would be an example of how that looks for you and your, you know, in your week? Oh man. Um, well, pretend I'm still in therapy because I'm searching for a new one. (laughs) Oh, I'm glad that worked out for you. That's another thing I hadn't really thought of is, you know, get some counseling support. That probably is huge for high conflict co-parenting. Oh, absolutely. And it really helped me, um, separate my feelings for him from our co-parenting relationship. And that's where it all started to change. Um, Mm. but for me, self-care looks like therapy once a week, it looks like working out, not all the time because I'm busy like everyone else. Um, it looks like turning my phone off at night and not getting back on the phone until the morning. Um, and it also looks like holding myself accountable, which I don't know how that sounds to other people, but holding myself accountable for what I'm doing, where I'm at, how I'm feeling, what I need to get done for the day just kind of being with myself is also a big part of self-care for me. So I try to meditate in the morning for a little while, not super long. Cause I'm not that great at it yet, but, um, you know, just really getting in touch with my feelings. And, um, even if that's on the couch for five minutes or whatever, at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So. Fantastic. Yeah. So awesome. like I was telling you, we get lots of questions about how to practically, interact with your ex when you're co-parenting and things are not that fun. So I was really thrilled when you posted this really cool video on Instagram a few weeks back, perhaps just a couple weeks back. We'll uh, link everyone to your um, IG for sure. So you have an email and Sharpie trick. Can you please talk to us about that? So, um, the whole purpose of the video was I have seen a lot of offers to ghostwrite communication back and forth for co-parents. And Mm -hmm. while I think that can be helpful, it's not teaching you or how to go through whatever awful form of communication you're getting and pick out the information that you need. So my Sharpie trick is essentially a way for you to figure out what's the important information here and what don't I need? Because your ex might sling you 8,000 million mean emails every day. And one of them you might have to respond to because some, maybe somebody's sick or maybe somebody's hurt or whatever. Maybe you need to switch exchange times. So you print out your email and it's just full of really mean comments and awful hurtful things. You get your black Sharpie or marker, whatever. And you just read sentence by sentence and you strike out whatever you don't need. So 
Yes. When your ex calls you a horrible mother, strike it out. It's gone. You don't need that. When it says Johnny needs to be picked up at 4 p.m. instead of 4.30, you leave that because that's information that you need. But everything else is, and I think that it's easy to say, well, can't you just read through it and pick out the information? Well, sometimes it's so traumatizing to read that, that you don't even want to. So then you got to read it four times because you're so stressed out about it. So if you just do the, the Sharpie trick or the marker trick, it will just leave you literally with the information that you need blocked off and that's it. And so you Mm -hmm. save these, but you don't save the digital copy. Oh, I always save. Okay. So you save everything. Okay. Okay. So you (laughs) save everything, but you don't reopen it because you've got the printout. Correct. I throw that one in a file that says co-parent or ex-husband or whatever. I throw (laughs) the original in that file and then never to be opened again because I don't need it. Well, Mm -hmm. it'll be there if I need it, but I probably won't. And then I just use my printed off version so that I can refer back to like, what are the points that I need from this? And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. You're redacting the documents. Like, (laughs) yeah, that's amazing. And also if, um, if our listeners aren't wanting to like print everything out, um, you can also a trick that I've used is just use black highlighter over black type face and then it does the same thing so yeah yeah. and the words are there but you never have to read them (laughs) amazing lost in that yeah yeah it's all this like extra stuff like I think this process would be so much easier for people if the only information that was conveyed was the necessary information and no one would have any problems (laughs) right that's how it should be but you know, sometimes people just they either can't help themselves or they don't want to. So this is one way to kind of limit mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Well, um, it's really tempting when you're interacting with someone to, to do this. If you haven't healed, then there's really no way to get this out of your system other to, you know, lash out at someone. And that's mm-hmm. why it's so important to, you know, do the self work to make this, you know, happen for everyone involved. Absolutely. But yeah, yeah, I mean, this is, you know, three, you know, very conscious people talking (laughs) and yeah, unfortunately, your people don't see things the way that we do. Yeah, sometimes they don't. Yeah. What can you do? (laughs) Yeah. So I guess this next question is related to what you can do, right? Yeah. So (laughs) what would be some like basic tips about learning how to have boundaries what those boundaries would be even, I think that's something people struggle with. And then also like, how do you maintain boundaries? Because I think that's, that's where boundaries can get lost with a lot of people is they, they communicate them, but then they don't hold them. And so, yeah. So kind of three pronged question there. Yeah. You may have to remind me what okay. but I actually was thinking about something that we were going to talk about later. Um, and that was the parenting plan. And yeah, bring that in now. So yeah. go for um, gold. Let's do it. Okay. So the parenting plan or custody agreement or court order, it, it depends, I think, a lot on where you live about what it's called. Um, but that is your that's your your co-parenting Bible. That is what you live by. So if you don't have one of those, 
it's very difficult to hold boundaries, to set boundaries, to decide on boundaries, because this document that you have is going to tell you everything that the court says is okay for you to do with your kids. It's going to tell you when you can exchange them, who has what holidays, when you can communicate. I mean, they can be very broad or very specific, but those are just a few things that are in them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if you don't have a parenting plan, you really have no idea how you're, what you're doing from day to day. Mm -hmm. So um, they're so important. I tell people all the time, if you do nothing else, get a parenting plan. Yeah. It's surprising that people don't have them. Yeah. And you know what? The thing is it works until it doesn't like, so you and your co-parent are getting along great. You've gotten, you know, you've, you've separated, maybe you're not even divorced. So, or maybe, maybe you're separated or maybe you never were married. So things are going great. You guys separated a year ago. You guys are just exchanging the kids back and forth. Everything's going swimmingly. And then Sarah gets a boyfriend and then her co-parent is ticked. And then he says, I'm not doing any of the things that we used to do anymore because I don't want, you know, Joe, our son around the new boyfriend. And so now things have been going great for a period of time, but now you're in trouble because now there's nothing to help guide you. There's nothing to refer to. There are no rules. So how do you decide who gets to do what? Which is why the parenting plan is so important. And I always say like the parenting plan is kind of a necessary thing when you get divorced, but if you've never been married, you still need one. You have to get one, please get one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Same. I've talked to lots of people about this as well. Um, can you give some examples of how specific these can get? Because I really want people to understand that, you know, like that, as you said, you know, like this is your Bible, this is how you're going to, uh, you know, keep, keep your sanity and also not be faced with the constant decisions about, you know, how to approach things. Yeah. So they can be pretty broad. They could be anything from like, um, we're going to do a week on week off schedule. And, you know, they usually include like child support in that. And so it's just kind of all written down and that, that varies so much, but so they can be super broad or they could, and it might have like a few holidays in there and a few other random, who's going to pay for what extracurricular activities or whatever, but they can also be ours is pretty specific because mm-hmm. my attorney wanted to make sure that there was, there were less things for us to argue about. And there was just a kind of a really strict set of rules. So ours says, for example, on school days, you exchange at 7am and, you know, obviously we take the kids to school, so we don't have to worry so much about that part, but then guess what? When the kids are off of of um, school for the summer, 7 a.m. is our exchange time. And if we want to change that between the two of us, we can. But if we're, if we're fighting about it, 7 a.m. is the exchange time because the court order says. So mm-hmm. um, our holidays are very specific with exchange times. Our, I'm trying to think, it's pretty specific. Extracurriculars are covered in there. I think also um, child care, third-party child, child care. care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Child care is covered in there. Um, we, I have even heard of some people write in their parenting plan, um, like we're not going to introduce new partners for six months or for okay. a year or, and that's kind of up to the people who are, 
who are doing it. We, we didn't do that in ours. And at times I wish that we had, but um, my attorney was of the mind that that would give the other parent too much control over my life. So, mm. I mean, you know, I think that really depends on, on you, but there are so many things that you can put in there. Travel is travel. There probably yeah. things having to do with medical care, even diet, <laughs> you know, special yeah. diets, religion. It be, yeah. It can be so specific. And I should have looked at ours before, um, before I talked to you guys, but I really like that there's no fighting about exchange time. There's no fighting mm-hmm. about holidays. There's no fighting about medical expenses or daycare or extracurricular activities, or there, there's none of that because we have a parenting plan. If we didn't yeah. have one, who would decide, like, I might get stuck paying all the medical bills. Yeah. Yeah. I that's might. fantastic. Yeah. So I think get your some parenting plan, people. <laughs> completely agreed. If you take one thing from this, I think some people believe that you've got to have a certain amount of resources to do this. Um, so do you mind just speaking briefly to what it takes to put this in place? So I know that where I live, you can go down to the courthouse and you can file your own paperwork. And there is a, I mean, I think there's a filing fee, uh, but if you and your co-parent can agree on what you want it to say, that's a lot easier than having to hire lawyers for both parts and having to, for both sides and having to mediate and having to do all of these other things, um, which is uncommon in high conflict co-parenting, right? Usually you need lawyers because everybody's arguing, but if you feel like you guys can write out your own parenting plan and you can agree, then you can go down to the courthouse and file it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you could do it on your own. You could and could. I mean, if you yeah. can get, I think outside support certainly, right. certainly do. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to have, you know, teams of attorneys necessarily. No. And I, I believe that you can even just go to mediation, which is still expensive, but cheaper yeah. than, than lawyers and do it um, in mediation. So there are a lot of different options as long as you guys can sort of get along. But again, mm-hmm. that's hard. <laughs> yeah. It's hard, but for, I think this would especially apply to the people who are like, oh, but everything's fine right now. We don't need a plan. And it's like, maybe just make the plan and if yeah. you use it, exactly. great, but you know, yeah. and if the children are young, I mean, you don't really know what's going to, to happen. I mean, it seems like this is just protecting everyone. Um, I've also seen people speak about these parental agreements as some sort of like affront to the other partner. I've even seen like pushback from family, you know, don't do it. He, you know, he might get mad. Um, but really it's the most loving thing you can do. Yeah, it's, it's protecting everybody involved. And I know it's hard. I think part of the pushback is like, these are your kids. Why do you have rules surrounding them? Why are you trying to tell someone when they can have them and when they can't? And why does dad get X and mom gets Y? But it's just all in the best interest of the kids. And the great thing about a parenting plan too, is you can always modify it. So like my ex-husband and I, my kids were so little when we divorced that our parenting plan has changed several times because the needs of our kids have changed. Mm -hmm. So it's always possible to either modify it or to just be flexible with it. If you and your co-parent are able to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I know your kids are still quite young. So you, I don't think you've personally done this yet. Um, but we had a question from our community about 
if there are like rules of thumb for parenting teens, especially um, who have seen kind of the arguing and the kind of bad relationship part of a divorce go mm-hmm. down while they were quite young and are now perhaps like in a rebellious stage, I'm guessing from the question. Um, do you have any words of wisdom for that? I think that my words of wisdom would probably be the same kind of across the board. I think that therapy is important. Um, My daughter is eight and she still remembers things that happened when she was three. So getting your kids into therapy, and I know that teenagers are probably less accepting of that maybe, but um, I think that's important. I think that remembering that no matter what they've seen, this is still their other parent. So trying to be respectful of the fact that they still love them and they still want to be with them and um, they might still respect them. You know, this is their other parents. So if what I hear from this question is maybe this was like an abusive relationship. Um, High conflict for sure. I do know that. (laughs) So I have always said that rather than telling your kids who their co-parent is, you have to let your kids see who their co-parent is. So instead of saying like, well, your dad's a jerk. Of course he did that to you. Kind of leading them through the thought process. Like, Hmm, I'm really sorry that that happened. Um, what do you think? What, what could the reason be that he, he did X, Y, and Z, or she did X, Y, and Z. So trying to not blame your co-parent, but also allowing your kids to see what's really happening through their own experiences and their own thought processes is important for everyone, I think. And it's true. Your kids will see who the other co-parent is. They will see, but you just have to give it time and you have to let them process. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, relationships are very complicated and, you know, it's, It's likely that your kids are going to have, you know, conflicting and complicated relationships with both Mm -hmm. you and your co-parent, you know, Um, and not like some things that happened while also still loving them as a parent, you know, I think that can be really difficult for kids. So my daughter, when she started therapy, she really wanted me to be in the room with her. And then as soon as a few sessions in the therapist said, well, can, can we talk about your mom and dad getting a divorce? And my daughter said, okay, mom out (laughs) (laughs) to hear all the things that she was saying, whether they were good or bad about either one of us. So I think a neutral third party is so important for kids of divorce, especially if it's high conflict. That's great advice. Honestly. Yeah. Um, I hadn't thought about this, but it just came to mind as you were talking about the teens and how you talk about the ex. Um, I know that a lot of parental agreements include things such as, you know, you can't talk bad about, about the other parent, but I mean, what does that really mean and how specific can you get? And if you are going through a high conflict co-parenting situation, when it comes to referring to the ex, you know, what are some basic guidelines? So I think you can write that in your co like ours is in our parenting plan, but it doesn't stop it. So I think that, and ours is pretty specific. Um, There's a huge paragraph about it, but it, but it, you can't, you can't police what somebody says on their own time. Mm -hmm. So I always believe, like I just said, that 
if you allow your kids to formulate their own thoughts about their other parent, just by saying something like, you know what, that's an adult issue. And I'm sorry that daddy said that to you, or mommy said that to you. Um, and I'm, I'm sorry that you had to hear that. How do you feel about it? And then moving on because you can't fight fire with fire. So if your co-parent says to your kids, your mom's a jerk. And then you say, your dad's a jerk. He shouldn't be saying that kind of stuff about me. He's awful. Like that's not helpful. And you remaining calm and consistent and loving and understanding is going to say so much more in the end than your co-parent talking negatively about you, because guess what? Your kids are going to see that their other parent, their mom, their dad talks badly about the other co-parent. But what happens when you are nothing but rock solid, understanding, kind, respectful. I have never said a bad word about my ex-husband to my kids. Not one time, not ever. And I have been very, very careful about that. And it's not always easy. And there have been times when I've heard things and I've had to take like five or 10 minutes to come back because Mm -hmm. I, I, I want to say like, that is not true. That did not happen. But instead taking that time and then saying, Hey, I know that, that mom said that about you. And I just want you to know that that's not how I saw it. So when you get a little older, we can talk about it or whatever. Um, I've found for my kids that works really well because I just refuse to talk badly about my, my ex-husband. I just will not do it to my kids um, because they love him. So they'll, you know, kids will work. You've got your therapist, hopefully a new one soon. You've got your girlfriends. (laughs) All of those people to talk negatively about, and I know it is so hard because when you are treated so badly and you're in a relationship and then it just gets worse when you guys split and now they're using the kids against you and they're, they're, you know, it's awful. It's, it's heartbreaking, but the last thing your kids need is you adding on to that stress because imagine how they feel hearing all these awful things about you. So, yeah. Yeah. It's just like keeping that consistency and like just loving, you know, attitude, um, and keeping your support and making sure that you're getting what you need behind the scenes so that you can be that person for your kids. Yeah. Cool. Um, do you have any like last words of wisdom or something that we didn't cover that, you know, is really, really helpful for people? I think the only thing I would add is that this is a marathon, not a sprint. So this is, your co-parenting relationship is going to ebb and flow. It's going to change new people, new partners, new, whoever are going to be introduced. So it's always changing and evolving. So like we said before, what works now, it might not work a year from now. And it's constant learning to be comfortable with changing, being flexible, growing. And even if your co-parent isn't willing to do those things, you being able to do them is so important. And this is a lifelong commitment, co-parenting. Like everyone says divorces or um, marriage is forever, but okay. So you get divorced, and but co-parenting is literally, you can't quit. There's yeah. no way out. So mm-hmm. you have to do your best to make it 
the best that you can. Yeah. Yeah. We appreciate this so much. This was practical. It was powerful. And I really know that it's going to benefit so many people. Thank you. I think that what you're doing with your business is so unique as well and that you're getting it off the ground. Would you like to um, tell us about it? Sure. So I just got certified as a co-parenting coach. Um, and my, yeah, I'm excited. (laughs) My main goal is to just help people remove a little bit of the conflict, but it, but also while changing yourself, while recognizing that you can't change your Mm co-parent. So you have to do, do the changing. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I'm offering a few different packages for coaching and a few different options. If you just need help, like maybe point pinning down a parenting plan, or maybe you need help, um, just with communication. I also have some like 12 week packages available if you're really needing that change and that growth. So I'm pretty excited about it. I also have an ebook available about boundaries. Um, Perfect. so yeah, I'll link everyone to that. And for anyone who has, you know, DM'd the X-Files gals and asked about this, I would, you know, say, consider co-parenting coaching, you know, this might you know, be just what you need to have, you know, many, many, many years of doing this successfully. So Mm -hmm. check Katie out. She's at co-parenting peacefully. I mean, quite easy to find quite brilliant. I'm very happy for you that you got that, um, that that handle. (laughs) Thank you. I know. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Do you have anything else, Claire? No, thank you so much for coming on and speaking from your own experience and also just sharing these tips with everyone and going into coaching too. I know it's like you turn your mess into your message a lot of times um, as coaches. And so I really appreciate that you are doing this and thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you both so much. I appreciate it. It was really fun. Great. See everyone next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. If you like this episode, tag us on your Instagram story so we can connect with you. And you can find me, Claire, on Instagram at Claire Lottas. And me, Janice, on Instagram at Janice Formicella. If you'd like to join our online community, find us on Facebook at Breakups, Broken Hearts, and Moving On.